Hey everyone and welcome back to the Automata Podcast. I'm John Southurst from bitsonline.com and with me as usual is Daniel Corey from Pactum Capital. Hey there Daniel. Hey everyone. We're going to bring you all the latest news from what we call the automated economy, which is blockchain, cryptocurrencies, fintech, digital assets, and the parts that hold it all together. So today, our guest is Brett Noyce, and he's the founder and director of a company called Unbank Ventures. That's a, a Silicon Valley-based startup incubator and uh, accelerator, and it's, uh, it's focused mainly on the fintech industry, but uh, may- maybe not so much cryptocurrency and blockchain. So... Hi, Brett. Um, can you introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about what the, the difference is there? Yeah. So thank you for, first of all, thank you for having me. So as I mean, I think you did a pretty good job introducing me. So founder of Unbank Ventures, we run a, a early stage, like a very early stage uh, financial technology incubator program here in the Bay. About half of the companies uh, are located here in the Bay and the other half are from abroad. So we've worked with companies in Zurich, <clears throat> Brazil, uh, Canada and throughout the United States, and we'll at you know some point probably work with uh, companies throughout the world. Uh, so the, I mean, the, the question you're asking, you know, is there a difference between cryptocurrency and fintech? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit. You know, we're probably going to get into a little bit of semantics here, but they, I, I think at a high level, they don't have to be different, but they're not inherently the same thing. Does that does that make any any sense, or is that just Garbage, garbage. Yeah, it does. I think um, fintech might be one of those words that means different things to different people, especially if you're not directly related to it. Yeah, so I mean, I'm happy to like explain or talk more about that. Sure. Um, so, I mean, so fintech, right? Financial technology. So basically, just primarily, you know, creating solutions and digitizing aspects of, you know, banking and financial services really is how I think about what what is fintech. Uh, I'd say probably like. Mm, let's say three to five years ago, fintech was this like super disruptive thing in the valley or in the world that was just going to take down banks and financial services. Um, and it was, you know, like it was just very scary to banks. Um, now we kind of find that, you know, a few years later, it's really just, there's really just people that are creating, you know, better UI, user interfaces for banking services uh, or they're creating solutions for the uh, the financial services industry. Um, and, and that's kind of, that's the area that we focus on. Uh, I think that what we've seen, you know, and I, I put on conferences, you know, blockchain and fintech conferences as well. And what we find is, you know, when, we, when we're talking about blockchain um, and cryptocurrency and all that and everything that's related with it, like that's very exciting and fun. And when we talk about fintech, it, it feels like <laughs> it's no longer cool. Like no one's no one's like threatened by uh, fintech. So I think at least from like uh, conventional banking and financial services, like uh, cryptocurrency, uh, it's really scary and really uncertain. And I think I think honestly, like the the, the community scares the the hell out of uh, you know conventional you know mainstream bankers. I, I think it's it's more it's way more exciting, right? So the ups, yeah. the downs. Um, I think. Uh, you know, any company, whether like whether you're a bank or whether you're like a broker, right? You're like when you look at cryptocurrency, you're like, uh, I can't sell this to grandma. You know, I can't sell this to someone mainstream. That they're not going to get it. They're not going to understand it, right? They're not going to want to be in it for the ups and the downs. Um, and it's you know highly uncertain, right? So I th- I think that's where like as we're having this conversation, like where's the difference, right? What's the difference between cryptocurrency and like fintech? Fintech is like just way more mainstream. It's the path to like bringing a company from. Uh, you know, let's say two men or women in a garage to, 
you know, a, pi a pilot with, uh, you know, a major or even a minor, you know, financial institution is like a very, it, it, you know, it's a difficult path because like the sales cycle is hard, but it's like, it's very a defined path. Whereas when you talk about cryptocurrency in like mainstream, the mainstream world, like whether we're, we're going to be taking cryptocurrency, you know, accepting it at our bank and using it at Starbucks, I think those are, you know, very, very different, different conversations and very like, and it seems, and it's, you know, it's just really risky to, banks, which are very, very risk averse. Let's go back and talk about fintech for a moment, though, and about unbanked ventures, the accelerator specifically. What is it that you are looking for in fintech companies that apply to your program, Brett? Yeah, I mean, so our thesis is kind of counter to Silicon Valley. So we're looking for companies that are looking to collaborate and build services for the financial, in uh, financial industry, um, whereas, you know, most people in you know, in Silicon Valley and the venture capital world, they're all looking for somebody that's going to disrupt the industry. You know, they're looking for the next uh, Wealthfront, Betterment, um, Robinhood. I mean, those are the type of things that most, you know, venture companies, most accelerators are looking for. And we're just kind of just taking a like a way more conservative approach to that. But with that said, we're also, you know, launching our blockchain uh, incubator program here in May, and we'll be working with stuff that's, you know, what we really want to do in that program is find early use cases for blockchain technology, not necessarily cryptocurrency, but not against cryptocurrency, uh, that could be, you know, actually implemented in like a pilot type of scenario with a financial institution. So uh, as a as an accelerator or incubator, like you're dealing with companies, you know, right at right at the very beginning. So you're probably seeing some pretty bleeding edge stuff out there. I, I assume. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, the, the, you know, I don't know if I am or not, to be honest. Like I had right. had a conversation, I got brought into a meeting with uh, Deloitte this morning with one of their customers, which was a, uh, a large, you know, international Japanese bank slash, you know, brokerage house. And they were asking me a very similar question. And honestly, like most of the stuff I see at my level, I, I think it's pretty redundant, right? Like, you know, like, oh, it's another personal finance app. It's but this one's like focused on millennials, um, you know, like another robo advisor, um, you know, some spin on accounting, um, you know, maybe it's because I'm in it every single day, but it's like, I just, you know, like it's very, very rare do I see something that like really excites me. And I think, you know, when I, when I say that, like the thing that I think that's drawing a lot of people into the blockchain space is like, it's kind of a brave new world and there's a whole, there's a lot of new opportunities and things that could be done differently and could, you know, uh, you know, remove the middleman um, fundamentally kind of could change the way that, you know, um, we move money. I mean, as, as you know, it could, obviously, you know, blockchain technology has a lot of use cases, but th those are the ones like that are most interesting to me. And what's gets kind of me excited, um, is when I see opportunities for efficiency. Right. And I, I think that, you know, the stuff that might get me excited, you know, or might get a bank, you know, excited about some sort of level of internal, op, you know, automation <laughs> probably doesn't excite the, you know, the average person sitting at home, right? Uh, you know, watching uh, The Voice or something, right? So it's it's very, uh, you know, it's it, it's, uh, it's a nuance. It's something that's you know, interesting to me but, and, and the industry, but probably not that exciting to, to most people. I'm going to turn it back on you guys. So, I mean, I mean, are you guys seeing anything exciting that I should know about? Like, so, I mean, I, the thing that I think the reason why I continue to dip my toes in this whole cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, you know, world crypto economic forum type stuff is that it's, it's a place that I'm going to see, right? True innovation, like the real, you know, cowboys, you know, that are, you know, like really pushing the edge that literally do not care about laws, regulations, 
<laughs> you know, so I don't know. What, what, what do you guys see that I that should be on my radar? Uh, right, yeah, that, that's kind of a good question. I, I was just at the um, the Bitcoin conference in Miami all last week, and uh, to be honest, all I saw was a lot of token sales. You know, like okay. some, some of them could be interesting, and uh, you know, maybe promising. But uh, and they had all kinds of different use cases, but mainly they were interested in just creating a token and raising the, the capital <laughs> that way. Yeah, that, that seems to be, the, you know, the what, what everyone's doing. <clears throat> yeah, I've um. I think uh, one of the one of the biggest disappointments for um, for cryptos and blockchain was that they haven't really seen much actual adoption. Like they're they're mm-hmm. still promising much, but not uh, and you're kind of delivering too, but uh, no one's really using them. And um, yeah, yeah, to me that's the that's the biggest problem with the whole thing. Like, am I am I being impatient, or um, are people just really not interested in this stuff? Yeah, I mean, I think time will tell. I mean, I don't have a deep thesis on that. Right. Um, I, I think. Generally speaking, right? Like I'm wrong a lot um, when it comes to stuff that's really at the the frontier. I think the you know don't tell anybody, but I think the uh, the good spot of being in fintech is you know, like financial institutions are still trying to figure out their cloud strategy. So you know blockchain is way out from you know mainstream adoption. You know in our financial institutions, uh, there's you know I think there's really I think good opportunities with AI technology. Um, yeah, I think there's just, you know, it's an industry that moves so slowly, um, whereas, the, you know, these other industries that are, that don't have, you know, the, the regulatory stranglehold can move a lot faster. They figure things out. I try to keep my eye on that and think about, like, how, the, how could that be applied in this industry? Challenge and opportunity, right? So it's, um, you know, part of it is, you know, not that I love this part of the business, but, you know, a lot of it, you know, in Silicon Valley is tourism, right? So, you know, the group that I met with today was, you know, kind of on a sightseeing mission, right? They come here, they look at a bunch of technology. You know, I send them a bunch of decks, a bunch of startups. They get all excited about it. You know, they got really excited about what a mine that's kind of in the gamification of, uh, you know, uh, somewhat know your customer for a brokerage. But it's like, will that, you know, will that get to the, you know, will they actually do anything? You know, I think what will happen in reality is that these guys will write a paper on their, you know, a research paper or whatever, you know, on their experience here, what they should be looking at and what the forecast for the next, you know, three to five years should be, you know, and they'll send it to, you know, they'll send it up the chain and someone may or may not read it. Um, you know, it's just like, it, it just, it won't do anything, right? So there'll be no real action that'll be taken. So the, the adoption will be extremely slow. Brett, can you talk a little bit about why you have decided to start a blockchain accelerator? Yeah, why have I decided to do a blockchain? I keep getting pulled into the space. So, you know, my time at Draper, right, as you know, um, you know, I helped put on or hosted, you know, the Bitcoin meetup, you know, in the fintech incubator program that I worked with. We worked, I worked with a company really early building an Ethereum derivatives trading platform that was exciting. And I was just excited about the technology. Didn't really understand it. Like they were trying to explain it to me. And honestly, I was just like too overwhelmed with everything else I had on my plate. Um, and just honestly just went over my head and they're like, I wish, I wish they had just like, you know, <laughs> taking my hands and taking my like checkbook and said, Hey, Brett, buy some Ethereum right at $3. Right. So that whether I, you know, totally understood the opportunity or not, like that would have been great. Um, you know, for me, I've been interested in it and I continue to be drawn more and more in it with the, you know, the people that I work with, um, you know, we put on blockchain out of the labs last year and we're putting on a series, of, you know, blockchain, uh, kind of roadshow events. It's, it's one of these things where it's like, 
I kind of feel like a total poser to be perfectly transparent. Like I'm kind of late to it. I don't fully get it. Um, I love, like, I, I, I like the idea of it um, and what it could do. And I like, I really want to be part of being one of the people that is, you know, brings blockchain into the financial services industry. And I think that's like, like a five to 20 year journey, right? So for me, that's exciting because it's it's challenging. Um, I definitely don't think of myself as a guy that's like at the forefront of blockchain or, or cryptocurrency by any means. Um, but I just I, I just think they're, I don't know, it's just exciting, right? Like it's just, you, you kind of like, like I said, like earlier, it's like you're looking at all these other, you're looking at like the, the 100th application of a robo-advisor like for millennials and you're like, WTF, like I don't want to, <laughs> it's not what I want to do with my life. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't think like that's, I don't, I don't want that written on my gravestone. Like Brett brought a millennial app, you know, for saving, you know, money when you buy Starbucks to market. Right. Like, so, so I would, I would like to be part of something bigger. Um, you know, it's kind of like the, kind of the, the bigger side of, you know, how I think about it. Um, obviously there, you know, it's becoming more financially, potentially financially lucrative, you know, uh, if we put this together, you know, with the ability to raise capital and, you know, get corporate sponsorships out there. But, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I see opportunity and I have a passion for it. And I just really want to learn and understand it. And, and we may fail, right? We, and it, as I look at it, as like, as we try to put this th together, I look at all these other people who are saying, oh, we're going to put together, or we're putting together a blockchain incubator and we're putting one together. And I'm like, it's it's exhausting trying to keep up with like everyone who's like rushing into the space because of the price of cryptocurrency. Brett, are you going to accept token projects or ICOs into your program? Yes, but I mean, so we've been, we're trying to kind of figure out where that fits, right? Like uh, the thing that I've been trying to figure out with my colleague, Jack Saba, um, and other people that we'll be working with on this project is like, where, like, what are the specific needs of blockchain companies, right? Like, I very much know, like, how to work with early stage companies, period, you know, and especially ones in the fintech space, right? Um, what we're trying to sort out is what are the specific needs, right? Like, you know, is it white writing white papers? Is it, you know, is the ICO, does the ICO make sense for every single company? You know, the answer is def definitively no. Um, you know, will we turn down companies if that's, if they're looking to do an ICO? Absolutely not. Um, you know, like, it, is that also, you know, if a company is choosing not to do an ICO, will we turn them down? No. So it's like, I, I think we're, we're going to work with a cross section of companies and, and we're going to learn you know, what, what are, you know, if we have strong feelings on that, um, I think if it's authentic, right. If like the token, ha I think utility to, you know, the, the aspect of utility needs to be a big component of it. Um, are they authentically using blockchain or are they just like rushing in because you know, that, that's the buzzword then, you know, like we want to, we want to turn those companies down. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense to me. I, I heard someone say the other day that companies now employing whole departments just to figure out what that utility is. Okay, so now have these now when you talk about these companies, are these companies that have already raised, already done an ICO or no, those that, that are about to. Okay, so they're adding a department. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they just yeah. they're just like, oh, we want to sell these tokens, but you know, we got to come up with some kind of utility idea for it. The the problem, all of this stuff is getting really complex, right? Like, I have no understanding of like how to create a currency, um, or you know, like a, uh, yeah, like a, th th these aspects. Like, I don't want to go to jail, right? We're working with Fenwick and West, and you know, we'll probably I don't know, we'll end up working with probably a lot of lawyers on this, right? <laughs> like eventually, which is not my goal in life in general. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just getting it's. Getting getting complex and like, you know, we want to be above board. We want to be, you know, 
people that are considered respected in the space, right? Um, you know, this you know company uh, call calling it mine has kind of said, you know, like the goal is to be the the grown ups in the space, and it's like okay, you know, like let's let's do that, right? Like let's try to keep everything above board. Um, I don't know. It's I mean that's definitely the goal, but I also think like so much of this is being written. The rules are being written as we do it. Um, other people would say the counter argument to that is you know like the SEC is already you know laid out. You know like you know security laws already exist. It's, all this stuff's out there. You know people are just you know circumventing uh, the rules. Uh, I, I think that's true, but um, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a, it's like it's a simple question, but it's really hard to to answer because there's not like a there's a lot of a lot of gray area in it. Um, it was it was kind of interesting what you said before about um, you know a lot of the focus being on marketing to millennials. So I, I'm not a millennial. I'm Gen X. So like uh, I'm supposed to be cynical about everything, and I'm a little bit cynical about the whole millennial thing. Uh, are they actually different to the people who came before them? Like, do you have to market to them in a different way, and do they do they use money a different way to their parents? Yeah, I mean. So I have a very intelligent friend that's uh, the the founder of, of Snapcheck it, and he's got a really good you know PowerPoint presentation on this, and I've seen him deliver at conferences. Oh, His, give me, give me that you number. know, yeah, well, you'll have to get him on the. In general, you guys should speak to him, but. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, his whole thesis or like his his research shows that no, they're not right. Um, I think intuitively, no, they're not. I mean, I I think there's you know some cynical comments out there that I agree with. You know, to, you know like. Millennials, what is it? The Jamie Dimon quote to some mis I'm going to misquote this, but you know something to the effect that, you know, millennials, you know, hate banks until they get their first, you know, paycheck, right? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think millennials are just young people, right? Every generation kind of goes through this like learning curve of like they don't want to join mainstream, they don't want to do, they want to do diff, do it different, they don't want to be like their parents, and then over time we all kind of get <laughs> pushed through the funnel and we all have to kind of conform in some way, or <laughs> some some form. So I, I I don't honestly think they're any different than any gener any other generation, but that's me. This idea of conformity is interesting because it, it feels like to some degree. If a fintech company wants to be successful, it, it needs to sort of follow that funnel into the banking industry. What are what is your stance or unbanked stance on on regulatory issues? What's our stance on regulatory issues? Yeah, I mean, so fundamentally, like as an entrepreneur, like I'm anti you know government. Period. Um, I don't know, <laughs> but at the same time, right? We we make sure like you know like we're we'll never advise a company to break any any law. Um, so I mean, I, I think from a you know from a personal standpoint, right? Like uh, you know, as as an entrepreneur, right? You're gonna have to break some rules. Um, this space becomes a challenging one because if you break those rules, you know, the consequence is potentially jail, right? This is not Facebook, right? So, you know, you, you know, you do something a little bit questionable, right? You know, you're going to get your, your hand slapped, you know, maybe you lose a bunch of users, you know, uh, maybe you get some sort of fine from some sort of regulatory, you know, um, group. But I mean, in fintech, like the consequence, you know, for breaking, you know, like money transfer laws is jail, right? So, uh, it's very important for us, like, although I might, like, have an internal drive to break rules and, you know, work with people that are pushing the limits, we'll never advise someone to ever break a law, right? Like, so that's just not something we would do, right? Because we just don't want to put anybody in that. We don't want to, <laughs> we don't want to testify. <laughs> we, we don't want to, you know, break up any families and, you know, bring in the, you know, the founder to jail. So, um, yeah, it, it's a tough one. Yeah, they're, they're you... certainly not afraid to, like, make someone an example in this space, I've noticed. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think less and less. I mean, I think the the lines between fintech and financial services are, 
you know, more and more blurred. Like, I just don't think the people, I don't, I don't see any like real big renegades really so much in the space anymore. But I think like when you're saying, yeah, they're, they're willing to make examples of people. I think the crypto space is the one where we're going to see people that did these early ICOs and, you know, like total disregard, you know, like I think that, you know, for some of them, there was total disregard for the laws and for others, it was just like, it was really a gray area and we'll just see, you know, I think in the next, I don't know, let's say it's, six months to a year, right? I think, you know, there's going to be more and more of a crackdown. And I think, I think, you know, let's say one to many will probably end up doing some jail time for, you know, <laughs> for their actions. Speaking of crypto, Brett, being the founder of Unbanked Ventures, how much cryptocurrency do you own? Well, I'm not going to give you a number, but I'm going to say it's a very small amount. Um, yeah, very small. So, you know, and, and quite honestly, like I, I kind of caught the bug a little bit earlier this year. Uh, just, you know, I think, I think the the some of the opportunities I see, like where I see like a whole new great space of products and services that could be built, is that, you know, it, it's it's changing rapidly because you know there's more money in it, but it's like, it, it's hard to know like uh, like how, where do I buy crypto? What is a wallet? What like what is this like oh 32 character thing? Like all of this stuff, for me has been. You know, like it's a it's a piece that's kept me out of like something that, you know, it's a really good good opportunity. And like once I think like what was it twenty one dot co slash earn is like the first the the thing that just you know you know fairly recently got me actually off the sidelines and in investing. And then you know then it's like oh now I have a Coinbase account. Okay now you know then I'm looking now now I'm starting to look at like different you know exchanges and I'm like okay I'm starting to look at all the you know the top one hundred um, you know cryptos and I'm going for me I'm, I'm I'm looking at it like the same way I would look at a venture deal. I'm like okay like who's the team like what are they doing is this like is this a platform play like like oh how do I and I think it's like for me it's super exciting um, I'm like oh is it possible like you know like I could in you know in some way like be tied to the success of this company and I could buy I don't have to be an accredited investor I can buy like a hundred dollars you know like you get a paycheck and you're like oh I'm gonna go buy a couple hundred dollars and I and do a little bit of research and kind of figure out kind of you know take a bunch of bets so um yeah, I mean, today I don't have a lot. I hope that, like, you know, we let's do this in a year or two, and I hopefully I can say, you know, I'm a crypto millionaire and I'm totally bought into this whole space. Yeah, I find it might even be prudent just to not even say that you have a small amount, because as we've seen in the last year, like a small amount can become a big amount in a very short yeah. space of time. No, it's just it, it's just uh, interesting as you as you get in, you're like, oh, you know, ether Ethereum's at you know 300. You're like, oh, I really missed my opportunity, but you know, you buy some anyways, and you know, next thing you know, it's 700, and you're like, oh, I don't want to buy at 700. That's too high. And the next thing you know, it's a thousand. And you're like, okay, well, I don't know when this this rocket ship's going to stop, but I'm just going to keep <laughs> I'm just going to keep you know putting a little bit of money into it because you know even i don't know, you know even with the, the the ebbs and flows of it right it's still just exceeding any other investment opportunity that's out there to like the mainstream public yeah yeah that's true i can tell you when it stops it always stops as soon as i buy it yeah that's that's kind of how my world <laughs> works too Alrighty then. Uh, so, uh, just as a as an incubator, like you, you got people coming in your door. Do they do they cold pitch you, or does someone refer them to you? Yeah, it's a combination. So, you know, we put out applications. We'll be, I think, about mid February. We'll put up applications for the blockchain um, program, which is going to be called Unchained Ventures, um, which will also be found on our website, you know, unbankedventures.com. Um, yeah, so I mean, I get companies referred in. I put on a series of pitch events. You know, we're always kind of hustling there and trying to find companies. Um, I have a surprisingly, you know, it's a more and more, 
you know, like I, I, when I first started this, I thought, you know, I'm going to have to really beg, borrow and steal to get companies to, you know, to do this, especially since we, even to this day, we haven't written a single check to any of the companies we've worked with. Uh, but that has not been a problem. There's, there's no lack of aspiring entrepreneurs in the, you know, the, the fintech space that are looking for uh, mentoring and advisory and incubator services. Yeah, for sure. So, um, what, what would you advise some sort of bright eyed young fintech entrepreneur to focus on? You know, like is, it, is there one particular aspect that you're into at the moment that they should be looking at as well? Well, so the thing that I'm thinking about, you know, where I w would like to be focused, you know, as we you know build out the uh, the blockchain program is, you know, I think like the, the the kind of the beachhead and the first you know problem that we, we can really solve with blockchain technology, and I'll talk about this not just blockchain technology, but um, you know, trade finance. Like I think that is an area of, you know, smart contracts, the logistics piece, you know, cross-border payments. These all have a lot of pain points. Um, and there's uh, people, uh, banks in that space have more motivation um, to, and there's a lot of paperwork and, you know, like there, there's just a lot of great, I think there's a lot of opportunity if someone came in there with a real solution that uh, made the process more transparent and saved them money, right? So I think that's an area that I'd love to see entrepreneurs focus on, right? If you're, if anyone's building a product in that space, you know, I'd like them to take a good look at, at, at you know, how that could be applied to trade finance because um, I think there's money to be had and there's, potentially like less regular, like you're, you're kind of on the surface, right? You're not deep into the bank and you're not going to be dealing with so much with the regulatory aspects. So I think that's a good opportunity. I think something that's not in the blockchain space that people should be looking at. I think AI is really, you know, any sort of, you know, in big data type solutions are what banks really need. Um, There's so many people out there that are just, you know, trying to create these kind of, uh, they're, all they really are really, when you boil down so many of these fintech companies, all they are is a better UI, right? It's like, oh, the banking, you know, experience sucks. So we're going to make it better, right? And, you know, all they do is like create a better like website. And, okay, that's, you know, it's not a sustainable competitive advantage. And the reality is all of those companies all are not banks. So they end up having to partner with banks. So at the end of the day, all they are is like this um, UI and customer you know, relate service you know, layer on top of existing services. So it's like do something that really solves a problem, I guess, would be my overall you know, recommendation. Like really kind of research the industry and realize, like have an understanding of what the the industry really needs. I think the biggest mismatch is that there's just all these entrepreneurs out there that are just creating products and services based on they're like, oh, I don't like this. And it's like, okay, does that solve a real problem? Like is someone willing to pay for it? I mean, kind of the fundamentals of like starting a business. Yeah, it's almost like just not liking it's not enough. It's like how do you convert that into a, uh, an actual company? Brett, we're pretty much out of time, but – uh, could you give everybody the details on where they can find more information about Unbank Ventures? Sure. Go to www.unbankventures.com. Um, you can also ping me directly at brnoyes at unbankventures.com. Brett Noyes at, at Brett Noyes on Twitter and whatever else. You just hunt me down. <laughs> All right, that was uh, that was Brett Noyes, spelled N-O-Y-E-S, just in case you were wondering and uh, the founder of Unbanked Ventures. And you've been listening to Automata with John Southers and Daniel Corey. For all the latest crypto and tech news, check out bitsonline.com. And Daniel here is the co-founder and CEO of Pactum Capital, cryptocurrency derivatives firm. And you can find them at pactumcapital.com.
Okay, thanks guys. We'll be back soon with another report from the crypto economy. And always remember this, the future is automated. See you next time. Bye-bye.